It's a bonus edition of The Side Hustle Show. This is five ways to be more effective every day. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to The Side Hustle Show because busy doesn't always mean effective. We talk a lot on the show about productivity, tools and tactics and hacks, outsourcing and delegation, systems and processes, developing habits, and it's all in the aim of getting more done. But more isn't necessarily better. So I want to change that to getting more of the right things done, being more intentional, proactive, destination-driven, rather than just reacting to everything life throws at us, and then hoping miraculously we end up someplace we're happy with. Because busy doesn't always mean effective. Today, I want to share five ways, five key habits I've found that will help you be more effective, excited, and satisfied every day. And then I'll introduce a new product of mine, a productivity journal that ties all those together in less than five minutes a day. Ready? Let's do it. Habit number one is determining and tracking your KPIs. Those are the key performance indicators in your life or in your business. These are the metrics that have the biggest impact on your overall operation. In my business, for example, the primary KPIs that I track are email subscribers, podcast downloads, and website traffic. One reader, a friend of mine, recently asked me, dude, isn't profit the only real KPI that matters? And obviously profit is important. The business can't survive without it. And it's something I track daily. Um, I found it to be a lagging indicator uh, compared to those other metrics. What I mean by that is if I can get those other numbers to move, profit will follow. Your KPIs are the levers you can pull uh, to create real change. So what makes a good KPI? The best KPIs have two characteristics in common. First, they're numbers that you have influence over. It might not be easy, but with effort, you can change them. I can, for example, create content that gets more Google searches, that gets more traffic to the site. I can put out a better show that leads to more downloads. So that's number one, is it's something that you can change. And second, they have a meaningful impact on your bottom line or your quality of life. And this is important because in the big data era, in the quantified self era, you can get data on anything and everything. But is it really important? That's the question. For example, the number of Twitter followers, the number of Instagram followers I have in my business makes zero significant impact. I'm sure I could do things to move the needle there, right? It's something I can change. But for me, it's not a great KPI because it doesn't match the second criteria of having a meaningful impact. So let's look at a couple examples. Um, On the flip side, if you're uh, an Uber driver, the price of gas directly impacts your profitability, but it's not something you have any control over. So it doesn't make a great KPI. Instead, it might make more sense to track the number of hours you drive, the number of surge rides uh, that you give, uh, or your effective hourly rate. Those are things you do have influence over and relate to how much you make. If you're a freelancer, the two things you're probably paying the most attention to are the flow of quality leads coming across your desk and your ability to deliver results to those clients. In terms of KPIs, you might decide to track discovery calls, uh, the number of proposals sent, the average job value. These are things you have direct control over and will make a meaningful impact to your business. In my painting business, the flow was lead generation, usually by cold calling, then estimates, booked jobs, and then go deliver the work. But the biggest lever to pull was lead gen. If 
my average closing rate remained the same from estimate to book job. The average paint job uh, cost remained the same. I just needed to fill the funnel with more qualified leads. So the KPI for a good portion of the summer was just hours spent knocking on doors. In e-commerce, you might track your cost to acquire a new customer, the lifetime value of a customer, or uh, your conversion rate on your website, things that are changeable and impactful. In determining your KPIs, it might be helpful to consider the focusing question from the book, The One Thing. What's the one thing I can do right now such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Now, every business is different. The numbers that might matter most to you could be uh, you know, new client leads, the cost per lead. If you're a writer or a blogger, the number of words that you write, the revenue per page view, the RPV or RPM revenue per thousand page views, your net promoter score, that's the percentage of customers who recommend your product or service to a friend. It can be you know, your average order value, the uh, hours that you bill to clients. Uh, Pat Flynn once said one of his most important indicators was the volume of thank you cards he received. His reasoning was, look, if his work is strong enough to receive unsolicited thank you notes in the mail, he's obviously making a positive impact. So that's habit number one, determining and tracking your KPIs. You might remember uh, a few episodes ago, Jacques Hopkins talked about receiving his in a daily dashboard report from his virtual assistant. But it doesn't always take, um, doesn't always make sense to track that frequently. There is such a thing as over tracking and over reporting. For example, you see me report on my KPIs just once a quarter in my progress reports on the sidehustlenation.com blog. Now, of course, I'm keeping an eye on that stuff in the meantime, but zooming out a little bit lets me get a bigger picture of the impact or lack thereof of the different projects or experiments that I've got going on. And if I have a low traffic day or a low podcast download day, I'm not like freaking out because it may not, it may not be a trend. Habit number two is setting short-term sprint goals. Now, I'm not in love with New Year's resolutions or year-long goals because too often they're not real. They're too easy to procrastinate on. I found I'm most effective when I'm working toward a short-term project goal like launch this book, build this course, do this one specific thing in a reasonable length of time. Now, on the flip side, when I found myself in maintenance mode, I like to call it not really moving anything forward, is when I've failed to name a sprint goal. I need something to focus on. Now, if you do have longer term goals, that's totally okay. But what I suggest is breaking them down into more bite-sized milestones uh, so you keep motivation and then breaking those down into the smallest actionable steps. My best example is probably when I was working on Buy Buttons, the book, I mapped out a detailed progress timeline of what I needed to get done by when and lo and behold, it was a million times more effective than just looking at my to-do list and seeing write book. I did the same thing with my credit card rewards course, freecreditcardcourse.com, if you want to check it out, uh, and my active campaign review and demo this summer. It was like, this is what I want to create. Okay, let's figure out all the small things that go into that and let's begin checking them off because too often I'll look at a big or even medium-sized project and put it off and put it off and put it off because it's like, well, I'm never going to have the 20-hour block of time to just sit down and knock out that work. So short-term sprint goals, that's habit number two, and I've definitely found it makes me more effective. And of course, bonus points when those goals align with and positively impact your KPIs. Habit number three is naming your top priorities for tomorrow, 
each night and recording what you accomplished each day. For years, I've had a nightly I done this habit where I'd write down everything I did work-wise during the day. It is a simple way to acknowledge, look, you actually did something and to take a moment to recognize that effort. It's an easy way to build satisfaction and just measure your progress toward whatever goal you're working on. But what I've added uh, to the, you know, this is what I got done today habit in the last few years is the practice of itemizing out my top three priorities for the, for the next day, the night before. This helps me focus on my most important work in what order I should focus on. And it helps me limit distractions. If I can just do these three things, which are aligned with my goal or goals, that is a win. This is super simple and you're probably already doing something similar, but I found it to be really effective for clarity, focus, and productivity. Habit number four is establishing and tracking too small to fail micro habits. I've got a whole episode on micro habits, so I won't beat the concept to death here. That's uh, episode 212 if you want to go check it out. But the gist of this is every month I come up with a handful of little habits uh, that I want to test out to see if I can commit to. And it's usually a combination of personal or health stuff and business stuff. So uh, just for example, in the past, it's been stuff like meditation, flossing, doing push-ups or kettlebell swings, keeping the phone out of sight when I'm with my son, making the bed, taking a cold shower, which I actually did for 500 days in a row, you know, writing 50 words, writing 100 words, reading one page in, in a book. And I would print out a little Excel sheet and physically put an X in the box where I got those done. It was very, very Seinfeld, don't break the chain style. Now this month, for example, these micro habits are an apple cider vinegar shot in the morning, which tastes awful, but supposedly has a whole host of health benefits, including possibly dissolving kidney stones, which would be nice for me, and intermittent fasting, basically trying not to eat anything between 7pm and 11am. Now where I believe the magic is with micro habits is this tiny feeling of accomplishment in having done them. It's like a mental hack. I said this thing was important to me. I said I'd do it. And then I did it. I think that can build momentum to bigger and better things because you've taken that first step in convincing yourself you're the type of person that takes action, that follows through, that gets it done. It was my friend Mihao, who is featured in the book, The Slight Edge. He calls it the identity habit. And it's probably more powerful than any other individual action. I think that setting up these two small to fail micro habits can be a stepping stone to building your own identity habit, which means like you're the kind of person that does blank. And the fifth habit that I have is practicing gratitude. This has been widely documented, um, but the scientists have found that a daily gratitude journal habit is proven to improve your happiness. Just the small act of thinking of a few things you're grateful for today. Super simple, but surprisingly effective. I've done this on and off for years, but again, when I do it consistently, I feel better. So how do I tie all this stuff together? These are five habits I know that make me happier and more effective, but my implementation of them has historically been spread across multiple tracking platforms, some digital, some analog, like the the printout micro habit tracker I talked about. And maybe because of that, the implementation has been sporadic and that comes with a real cost. I feel stagnant, like I'm in uh, maintenance mode, uh, like I'm working, but not on important things. Like I'm staying busy, but I don't feel super effective. And like, I'm just not making progress. And that progress word is key. 
In fact, Tony Robbins says that progress is the one word secret to happiness. It's that powerful. We have an innate desire to feel like we're making progress, moving forward. When I heard that, it just clicked like, yes, that is so true. And that's why I created the Progress Journal. It's a simple daily planner to make meaningful progress on your most important work. You can check it out and order it today at progressjournal.net. And honestly, I made it for myself to put these five habits into one central location and have a physical reminder of those sitting on my desk. I've never been into, quote, journaling, but I realized when I do these select few things consistently, I'm happier and more productive. So it just made sense. Again, progressjournal.net. That'll redirect you over to Amazon where you can buy it with free shipping if you're a prime customer. And the cool thing about this project is it's a print on demand paperback, which means it's super affordable and I can make updates um, that I need to say in response to user feedback in just a couple days. So no fancy leather bound journal with a giant Kickstarter campaign or 20,000 unit print run, just a simple little book that incorporates the five habits I talked about today into one easy to use tool that I'm confident will make you feel more satisfied and more effective with your business, your side hustle in less than five minutes a day. Again, those five habits were number one, determining and tracking your KPIs. Number two, setting short-term sprint goals. The Progress Journal has this set up as four-week goals, but you're welcome to tweak that as needed. Number three was naming your top priorities for tomorrow each night and recording what you accomplished each day. Habit number four is establishing and tracking two small-to-fail micro-habits. And the fifth habit is a gratitude practice. Check it out, progressjournal.net. Let me know what you think. And of course, if you have any questions, don't be shy. I'll do my best to answer them or hopefully point you in the right direction. Progressjournal.net. Thanks so much for checking it out. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.